We uh, have a, a question here from one of our fellow victims. It says, uh, why is there no such rock group as the extraordinarily popular delusions and the madness of crowds? <laughs> Great suffer. Oh, it describes the whole rock scene. The extraordinary popular delusions and the madness of crowds. identical, one after the other, you know, with the silver shirts, or the silver pants and no shirts. They're all seven feet tall, weigh 82 pounds. I'll tell you, I, I think uh, I would really watch a rock group on the Don Kirshner rock uh, thing at night if it turned out that this rock group was composed of uh, four little short fat guys with short hair. Uh, <laughs> that would really be an un... And by the way, they all wear Robert Hall suits. Uh, that, uh, that would be a fantastic. Yeah, and they played. You know, they played the most unbelievably, uh, totally avant-garde, obscenely uh, far-out music. You know, the kind of music that's one long primal scream, and they play it with the absolute aplomb of four dentists about to go to work on a uh, an abscessed root canal. If you will, please, let's get it started here. <laughs> So welcome to the show, the old side show. So welcome to the show of life, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sing and dance and walk around. Look up at them old big old birds. Don't buggers. What's the name of this tune? We'll just stand around and look at the dumb buggers all day long. Blow it, blow it out your thing, 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 thing. I want to hear it. Hear it good. I want to hear it. Hear it good. Blow it, blow it, blow it out your thing. You like that? What's what's the trouble? 
Uh, we're getting a, a report here. Just a minute. Hold on. Report from the front office here. Hold on. Yes, yes. Tony can play the nail file? Well, I'll tell you, as soon as Tony comes in here with his union card, we'll... <laughs> After all, you know, the nail file could very well uh, become uh, one of tomorrow's classical instruments. I mean, it's going that way. Oh, uh, yes, we have to get back here to the work. Hey, you played the nail file. When did you start with the nail file? Eh? Three years ago. Did it come as a result of spontaneous inspiration, or... I see. You had not seen somebody, say, play it on the... Uh, uh-huh. You were just sitting there one day, you finished your nails, and uh, you were looking around, boredom was beginning to set in, and the next thing you know, Schubert's... Uh, wh why did you start with, popular music or classical? Uh, Semi-popular. I see. Andre Castellanitzville? I see. Very good. Very good. Well, you know, you got to start somewhere. You can't start right at the top, you know. It takes a long while to work up to Bach and Beethoven. <laughs> it really does. So it's kind of nice. A few little Rogers and Hammerstein uh, numbers occasionally at home. Some enchanted evening. A slow stuff? Fast stuff. I see. Stuff like, uh, well, hot. Uh, yes, sir, that's my baby. No, sir. Is that the kind of thing? Very good. Well, that's a nice start. That's a very good. I'm glad to see that you're beginning to express yourself. The nail file. Well, I had a friend who used to sit around by the hour with uh, rubber bands. He'd just bite one end of a rubber band, pull the other one out, you know, and he'd plunk away there. Until one day he got one of these bad uh, rubber bands, and I'll tell you, he snapped the hell out of his left eye. He had a shiner for three weeks. And, uh, <laughs> oh, well... You realize, of course, that my head thumping was almost the end of my career. Oh, yes, you know, I, I appeared on I've Got a Secret as a head thumper. Yes, I did. Oh, yes. Oh, you don't remember that. Well, you don't even remember the Korean War. You don't remember the Vietnamese War. Don't you remember that, all that stuff? Remember? Oh, you remember all the people yelling in the streets and burning down the courthouse and all that stuff? You remember that? Well, you thought it was about the new license schedule. I mean, uh, I see. <laughs> but seriously, uh, I, I, uh, I've always regretted it, you see, because when I learned to thump my head, and I do it very well, you've probably heard it, yes, probably the best in the country for all of that. And I've appeared on many major television shows doing it. For example, uh, this ABC Kid Show. What's the name of that show? What's My Line? No, that's another kind of kid show. What's it? Oh, Wonderama. Yes, Wonderama. Yes, every time I hear that term, Wonderama, I remember this, uh, this, uh, well, this shop I saw just outside of, well, it was, in the, it was in Canada, outside of Quebec City, up there in Canada, you know? Came around a corner, and there was a shop there made out of, uh, made out of what looked like Lincoln logs. Had crosses all over it and says, Christorama for the truly pious. And, uh, yes, it was a drive-in Bible store. I mean, in case, you know, you really get smitten by conscious out there on US-4. And, uh, you know, open 24 hours a day. And, uh, they, <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I don't admit this. I'll just tell you. It's the truth. But, I, yes, I appeared on Wonderama several times playing my head. 
to great and thunderous applause. I played on uh, on uh, What's My Line? No, not, excuse me, uh, on uh, I've Got a Secret. Several other type shows of that nature. And uh, we're always well received critically. The only problem is it typecast me. They, they never ask Zsa Zsa Gabor to thump her head. You know, and I can be funnier than Zsa Zsa, although uh, I'm consciously. She's unkind, but uh, that's something else. And uh, so I've given it up. I just don't thump my head anymore. And nobody who is a head thumper is taken seriously in any other direction, no matter what you do. I mean, what if, what if, for example, the word had gotten out that Ernest Hemingway, for example, used to make music uh, by playing with his... Uh, he had... Uh, uh, well, one of the great forms of uh, cracking your knuckles. What if Hemingway sat around and played Columbia, the gem of the ocean, cracking his knuckles, and he was invited on BookBeat to do that? I mean, you know, it would kill everybody. So no one would take his writing seriously. No way. No way. And if uh, tomorrow morning, say, uh, Norman Mailer suddenly announces that he is a fantastic secret closet tap dancer, and uh, the next thing you know, he's out there tap dancing on the Sonny and Cher show. Ain't just nobody going to take him down from that minute on. Forget it. So I, I've really regretted my head-thumping proclivities. I figure, you know, by the year 2170, they will have forgotten that I head-thumped. And by that time, then, then you know, they'll know my true value, which is not as a head-thumper, I like to think. Although, you know, the ironical state of the world today is you may go down in history for the thing you least... Uh, respect yourself for. It's the truth. Oh, yes. For example, uh, uh, well, I can give you several examples. Uh, one uh, great one, uh, for example, Eddie Stanky, who was a very good ball player, has now gone down in history as the guy who chewed a lot of tobacco and, and spit on people's shoes. And he's invited to do guest spitting now, occasionally. So you gotta, no, you just gotta be careful where you show your talent, Tony, so... Uh, you know, don't leap up when they ask for uh, for volunteers, you know, in your neighborhood to to, to uh, perform at the uh, penny supper. I mean, if you play the piano, you're all right. That's an official instrument. If you play the harpsichord, you may get by, although there will be a very small audience. On the other hand, uh, if you play the uh, nail file, there will be a big audience, but they'll be laughing like hell, unfortunately, at you. <laughs> you got to be very careful with your talents. Uh, we have a note here. I'll, I want to get on with the uh, little business here. It says, uh, uh, Shepard, I want to squad. This is a, from a PR guy who sends me anti-PR stuff. You know, you always get a PR thing that says, Robert Redford is going to star in the history of the world. He will play God. You know, it's this uh, fantastic new epic. Uh, directed by his son, Klutz, and it's going to be his debut as a director, starting right at the top. Well, uh, you know, <laughs> I'm always getting that kind of stuff. Well, here's one that's an anti. It says, There is no truth to the rumor that a new musical version of Oedipus Rex will star Barbara Streisand in the title role. That rumor I've heard. I, In fact, the other day I was uh, sitting down at the Chock Full of Nuts with my friend Stanley, and uh, we were having our uh, usually uh, our usual end-of-the-week chocolate brownie. And uh, we always do that round off the week, and I'm, I'm sitting there with the chocolate brownie in one hand and my orange drink in the other hand. 
and uh, he's sitting there with his chocolate brownie in one hand and a cup of chocolate nuts coffee in the other, saying we're talking away there. And he's a little down. I said, what's the matter, Stan? He said, oh, God, I can't, I can't face this anymore. I said, what is it, Stan? It's that damn Streisand. I said, what does Barbara Streisand bother you for? You have nothing to do with your life. You're playing Oedipus Rex. I said, Stanley, why does the fact that Barbara Streisand is rumored to be portraying Oedipus Rex, why does it bother you? He says, you are really ignorant. Stanley, me ignorant? Why? I walk around, I pay my things, and I, I know how to make change when I, you know, get on a bus and all that kind of stuff. Now, you're really ignorant. Do you know who Oedipus Rex was? I said, of course, Stanley. No, Oedipus. I know who Hamlet was. I know who uh, Dunder and Blitzen were. I know who uh, Dopey was. I know all the great characters out of literature. I know who Oedipus Rex was. Oedipus Rex. Oedipus the King Rex. Said, yeah, yeah, all right. What's he become known for in contemporary life? I says, Stanley. Stanley, there's not a walking around writer in this world who hasn't feared at one time. He has an Oedipus complex. And if, uh, if it's a girl writer, she fears she's got an Electra complex. Said, That's it. That's it. He says, do you know, just two years ago, my analyst told me that I had the worst case of Oedipus complex he ever saw. And now Barbara Streisand is playing my alter ego? As well, <laughs> Stanley, I don't know what to say about that. <laughs> so I've, I've, if Stanley's out there listening tonight, we just have received the newsflash. There is no, no credence to be placed in that rumor that Barbara Streisand will play in the musical version of Oedipus Rex, although it would have been an interesting performance. I can see her tearing her eye out. That last scene there, you know, dancing around, singing about her mother. Of course, she must have a stage mother some way, so that's enough to give you Oedipus right there. Uh, this is WOR New York. Speaking of tearing your eye out, a primal scream, the Oedipal scream of total defeat. Give me a little echo chamber, please. Ah! Oh, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That should get under the skin of the sales department. The Oedipal scream... The edible scream of an ultimate sales executive pinned against the cork board of time. <laughs> it's kind of nice, isn't it? <laughs> pinned on the great pin of Y&R, fluttering out his wings, gazing at the light bulb of defeat. I mean, you know how mods do. They gaze at light bulbs, right? Uh, we'll be right back, friends. Here's a mysterious line. The Mardi Gras and Carnival are registered in Panama. Somehow the idea that the Mardi Gras is registered in Panama, I mean, it's like saying uh, Santa Claus is patent pending. The, the <laughs> you know, the whoopee party is registered as a trademark in Uruguay. I just, I just feel like that, you know? What the hell? You don't mind my paper hat here, do you? That's not bad, huh? Napoleon. That's what it is. I have one of those little things that I blow, you know, that unrolls, and a little feather comes out the end and goes, you know. 
That's good, too. It's just like the other day, you know, I I like to go in the newsroom and lay little goodies on them. Like the other day, Lester Smith was sitting there typing up an editorial, and I came in and I gave him one of these. I just laid it next to his desk, see, a little birthday favor. You know, it was, it was of course, this is the newsroom. It was uh, uh, charcoal gray, see, and tweed finished. And it was a little thing, you know, and it said, uh, for good work, Lester, pull the little knobs on the end. And he pulled and went pop like that, blew his glasses right off. Hey, fun, you know. I mean, I like fun. I really do. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I haven't given a good exploding cigar to anybody in a long time. Although I did put the sneezing powder in uh, Herb Salsman's tuna salad sandwich the other day. It, it certainly livened up the sales meeting. <laughs> I'll tell you. Well, all right, once more, let's go back into the grist. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh, damn it, it's all over my foot now. What are we going to do about that? Hit the button, please, if you will. <laughs> please, Tony. You can't? All right, while you're waiting to do that here, I don't have any live commercials here to give. I want to get them all out of the way. Is it all right to serve lasagna at Poster, Mr. Cleason? Is it all right to serve lasagna at Poster? Huh? I said lasagna. Please, will you stop that? You're standing on my foot again, sir. And uh, now it is time for all... No, 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 that's something to do with the typewriter. It keeps coming over the newswire. Now it's the time for all good men to retire and go to St. Petersburg and play shuffleboard. If they can get a 75% hype in their retirement pay. Let's come back here, friends. Oh, here's a question here uh, from one of our listener types. He says, Shepard, uh, have you ever noticed that teachers are the only public employees who are ever punished for illegal strikes? Well, oh, it's just a question. I just, they're the only one to go to jail. Imagine them putting Freddy Fitzsimmons of the Teamsters in jail. Are you kidding would you please hit the button again? Yeah, well, uh, here we have uh, other uh, questions that have uh, popped up here. Uh, we have to answer them tonight. Since, uh, it says, uh, Shepard, you were asking about the name of Alexander the Great's horse. It was Old Paint. That is correct. He's the only listener that replied to that question with the correct answer. He also says you were asking what tune Dr. Frankenstein's assistant played on the organ. It was the windmills of your mind, correct? Very good. No, no, uh, one, one other question here. Uh, he says, I have just, well, actually, it's a statement. I have just deciphered that badly slurred line in the song at the beginning of All in the Family. It is, G.R. Old LaSalle ran great. Did you ever hear that sing? G.R. Old LaSalle ran great. He says that. You, you don't know the show, All in the Family? Well, of course. He sings, what we need is a man like Robert Hoover in the White House, or Herbert Hoover, is that what his name was? Yeah, right? You know, <laughs> that thing is all, all uh, cockeyed, that talk. Time-wise, uh, Archie, if he remembered uh, Herbert Hoover, would have to be about 75. You know? And he says, yes, G.R. Old LaSalle ran great. The only trouble with that Song is LaSalle was an extremely expensive automobile. You know that, of course. You didn't. 
Well, that's like saying, gee, our old Rolls Royce ran great. Yeah, well, LaSalle was in that class, buddy. <laughs> that is, there's a lot of holes in that show. Anyway, he says, uh, uh, let's see. Uh, he says, also, I noticed that people who are always saying how great radio was because it allowed you to use your imagination invariably own color TVs. Apparently, their imagination doesn't run to imagining what color things are. Well, one other question. Is Joe Franklin ever going to do another TV show without Desi Arnaz on it? I don't know. I'll have to ask Joe that. Maybe they're grooming Joe. Maybe they're grooming Desi. Would you please hit the uh, anthem there, please? They're grooming me, you know. They come in here with a curry comb every 20 minutes. Bring it up there big. Come on, I want to sing it out. Sing to all you own, yes. Someday you'll own. Hand over the heart. Come on, we want to have pure patriotism here. Look up at that big general tire flag floating in the sky. It's our flag. It's what counts here. Yes, now through April the 24th, it's new car tire sale at General Tire. Save on original equipment tires, including the famous General Dual Steel 2 radio. It's the same tire you'll see on many of Detroit's 1976 new cars. And it can be yours as for as little as $44.95. Oh, that is practically a steal. That's for size BR7813 tubeless white wall. It's a very popular style, so sing it, gang. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Sooner or later, you'll own generals. And now, just at the point where you think you're going out of your bird, we're not even going to let you up. Now, a message from your New York Ford dealer. Bruce takes the grim New Haven into Manhattan every morning, and he also takes his car to the station. I usually have a full day of places to go and things to do, so my Pinto goes everywhere with me. He's my most dependable suburban friend. He's frisky and fun to drive and big enough to be really useful. When I go for tennis lessons with both kids and the Weimar runner, we usually take the expressway. And then all those 92 horses get to gallop. But you wouldn't believe how little gas it takes hey, to Hey, isn't Weimar runner one of those uh, imported fact, beers? when we do stop at a gas station, it I usually mean, you know, isn't for gas. Heady, bro. Point a Pinto out to your husband and then try and keep him out of it. Pinto is the frisky small car with real horsepower from Ford. Pinto's base sticker price is only $28.95, not including title, taxes, and destination charges. At oh, your Ford dealer. How'd you like to have that lady eating breakfast across the table from you every day, huh? Life is tough enough without having a lecturer living with you. La da 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 da. <laughs> well, that got through, didn't it? <laughs> Especially one that doesn't know her, you know what, from a banjo. Oh, da, da, dee, dee, dee. She really sounds like she knows about cars, that one, huh? Hmm? Ask her what kind of steering ratio they got on that thing, huh? Ask her about, uh, you know, rack and pinion. How about that? Is rack and pinion an ancient medieval torture? Isn't it? Yes, of course. They put the guy in the rack and pinion. Oh, heaven's sakes, yes. That'll increase your wheelbase. Tell you that. You don't know what the rack and pinion is? You know, they put you on this thing and they hook your feet up to one end of it, your arms up to the other, and they start turning on the rack and pinion. And, you know, you started out as a six-foot, uh, you know, a five-foot, six-inch shrimp, and you wind up playing for the uh, for the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, they could stretch you seven, eight feet. Just like that, sure. 
I mean, it kind of gives you a few, you know, a little sore knee here and there once once in a while. But after that, what what do you care? You're the tallest guy in your block. Oh, sooner or later. You know, I don't know what's the matter. It's just, you know, I guess it's because it's the beginning of the week. And uh, I feel uh, every every Monday I, I, I have this tendency to feel like the week is going to go on forever. And I don't know what, what man is... Why is man so anxious to have the week go by? After all, it's all we've got in our life but time. Are we anxious to see it hurry by? What kind of madness is this? Sooner or later... G.R. Olasal run great. Hey, uh... <laughs> poor Archie. <laughs> Listen, buddy. If you owned a LaSalle, my old man, when I was a kid, his greatest ambition was to get a ride in a LaSalle. Not to own one. Well, he used to talk about LaSalle's. You know, they had this real narrow front. Oh, fantastic automobile. Well, who was LaSalle? Who was it named after? No, sooner or later... Uh, we would like to salute the uh, New York Post for once again falling for the oldest journalistic trick in the book, if I may. Uh, today's New York Post. They have a, a little block piece down the little article, you know, on page five. This piece has appeared in a newspaper regularly for as long as I can remember being able to read newspapers. And I started to read at about the age 30. So I've been reading some time. And uh, actually, it's uh, listen. How many times have you read this piece? It, it keeps appearing, <laughs> and it's always an unidentified woman, and it's always in some remote country. It's set in Yugoslavia. It's set in Uruguay. It's set occasionally in Antarctica. It's set wherever you can't get at it. See, this one is Canberra, Australia. A woman stole a shopping bag from a car in a parking lot here, then fainted after emptying the contents onto a table in a nearby cafe. Ho, ho, ho. See, that's a little twist on it. Uh, inside the bag was the body of a cat that had been run over minutes earlier by a woman driver who planned to take it home and bury it. Police today said that the woman motorist saw the thief faint and decided not to press charges, believing the shock was punishment enough. Post, what's the matter with you guys? That piece has appeared in... There's often a, a variation on it. A laboratory assistant was taking uh, a, a cat that was suffering from bubonic plague to the laboratory to dissect it when, dot, 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 a thief, there's always a thief, and it's usually a woman, stole the shopping bag and... Uh, <laughs> oh, come on, Post, will you stop it? Crying out loud. Oh, I guess when things get a little dull, you know, when the when the presidential campaign starts to bog down into charge and counter charge, and, uh, you know, we're getting a little tired of the polls, and, and uh, you know, and Ronald Reagan's, uh, you know, you know, it gets a little dull. You have to throw that in there to liven up page five. Page five is a pretty dull page generally anyway. Oh, sooner or later, you'll chew generals. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Are you chewing generals now yourself? Well, I've been chewing. Yeah, you know, uh, I'd like to uh, also salute, uh, speaking of another New York uh, um, avenue of media, uh, of uh, opinion, I'd like to salute New York Magazine for once again discovering the obvious. Uh, that magazine is uh, very good at that. A couple of semesters ago, it discovered that people like plants. Well, that was a big discovery. 
my grandmother had plants when I, before I was born. In fact, one of the first things that happened in the early days of the caveman was this lady cave person. It's a cave person there. I'm sorry, it was not a caveman. It was a cave person. This lady cave, well, actually female. We don't. The word lady is sexist too, isn't it? Is it? Well, is female sexist? It is, huh? Well, yes, it says, certainly is. I mean, uh, you put the put a couple of them sexes together, and you got a sexist relationship right there, huh? I mean, male, female, or is that uh, itself a sexist thing? I don't know. You know, it's very difficult. Well, you say you can't call it a female cave person. Well, how you? It's a. Uh, I see. It's just a cave person, huh? No sex involved. Well, that would have surprised Og, son of fire who, uh, you know, went around bash people with clubs and dragging cave persons out of the, you know, out of the, out of the marsh to do his evil purposes, which, by the way, later led to our society. I mean, <laughs> if Og hadn't pulled that little trick that he pulled there in the bushes that day, there wouldn't be any Jimmy Carter. I mean, you know, well, it was, you know, keeping the race going. But anyway, this cave person formerly in uh, unenlightened days called a female cave person, one of the first things that uh, made the cave livable was that she crawled out into the howling storm and brought back a geranium and uh, set, it, uh, <laughs> set it up at the end of the cave. <laughs> I, could see, <laughs> I could see poor old dog coming. And she says, uh, you know, she goes, and he says, you know, translated, what the hell is that? She says, you leave my plant alone. Don't talk to it like that. It's sensitive. Even more sensitive than I am. And I'm very sensitive. And we'd like to salute Andy Camp. Andy Camp, who today went to a marriage counselor. And uh, he walked in, sat down in front of the marriage counselor. I like the idea of Andy Camp going to a marriage counselor. It should be Flo that goes to the marriage counselor, but he goes. Did you see it today? Oh, he goes to a marriage counselor, see? And he walks in, and uh, he squats down at a desk there, and he's smoking his cigar. And the marriage counselor's on the phone, and the marriage counselor kept say, keeps saying, Yes, dear. No, dear. Yes, dear. No, dear. Yes, as you say, of course, dear, I certainly will. And then you just see Andy trotting out on the street. <laughs> he says to himself, forget it. Oh, sooner or later, that's correct. Listen, I, I, I have a friend. I, I'm not going to tell you his name. I, I could send it to you if you're over 21, you know, and if you could prove that you're a genuine uh, psychopath. And, uh, but this friend of mine is a, is a psychologist, and if I've ever known anybody who needs a psychologist, it's him. I mean, seriously, he often goes home and plays with his tinker toys and, uh, you know, things like that. He was once uh, caught on the roof there trying to fly, flapping his hands in the air, and they squirted him with a fire extinguisher and brought him down. And now he's, uh, he's a very leading uh, analyst here in town. I mean, uh, between bouts where they have to squirt him down with a fire extinguisher again at home, Three wives have left him. His kid tried to kill him twice. His car stopped running two years ago, and he goes out and sits in it on Sunday afternoons and remembers the days when it ran. So, uh, you know, it's the blind again, friends, leading the... Uh, what the hell is it? 
It's on the tip of my tongue. What is that expression? It's the blind leading the uh, halt. That's it. That's it. The blind leading the halt. Halt, halt, stop, freeze. Hey, you remember when cops used to say, halt or I'll shoot? They don't do that anymore. I mean, it's the Angie Dickinson uh, syndrome. Yeah, Earl Holloman, is that his name? Holloway sucker? Earl Holloman, he's always hollering, freeze, police! And I talked to a cop the other day, and I said, do you ever holler that? <laughs> he laughed. He says, are you kidding? <laughs> I says, oh, come on, holler it for me, will you? He said, uh, Oh, gee, come on, that embarrasses me, you know? Uh, you know, it really does. That's like imagining that, uh, that uh, oh, incidentally, somebody also suggested, you know, uh, there are all kinds of uh, very specialized, uh, very specialized uh, hand computers that are coming out now for pilots and all that. And uh, I have a wonderful suggestion for any of you out there who are in the computer business. He says, uh, here it is, uh, very good. Just a minute. I'll find it here. It's, uh, yes, uh, oh, yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, he says, oh, uh, the, how about the, a specialized computer for the mafiosi? Uh, you know, just to the press of a button, you get the concrete densities. Uh, you get, uh, <laughs> well, you can do all kinds of stuff uh, with that. Uh, not only you get concrete densities, you get the... Uh, uh, things like uh, loan shark rates. You know, if you're charging a guy 107% interest, it's pretty hard when you you know you have to count it up on your fingers. And so you just press a button and say, uh, kill him. It comes up, you know. And uh, <laughs> that's not a bad idea. Well, no, why are we saluting? Uh, why are we saluting the uh, New York Magazine? Well, New York Magazine has discovered now that there are media freaks among us. Their current issue, you know, they have a whole thing about the new room called the Media Room. Well, you know, years ago, uh, and the people who read New York like to think of themselves as kind of New York-type intellectuals, you know, they go to the ballet and stuff. It used to be that the intellectual put down all media. I mean, the last thing he would want would be something that ran with electricity and had a knob on it, and you turned it on and had fuses that blew. You know, that absolutely. Now they've discovered it with a vengeance, you see. This, the thing that the slobs had years ago, they used to call it the den. As a matter of fact, every slop I knew had a den with a 117-inch TV, color TV set in it. Set in the wall, right, Tony, huh? He had tape recorders where he had all his aunt's uh, birthday songs all recorded, you know, and he recorded the time they had the beer party at the Elks Hall, and he played that for his friends. He also, uh, you know, kept other little goodies in there, like uh, his radio, his hi-fi. That was called the den. So, uh, New York Magazine, we want to uh, applaud you for, again, applying the Orwellian principle. When you run out of ideas, give an old idea a new name. Okay? So, yesterday's den is now today's media room. Da-da-da. And, and the den had the same stuff that the media room has in it. I mean, you know, 25-inch color TV set tape recorders, radios, electronic pool table, you know, all those good things that put your head to sleep if you stand too close to them. Did you ever had your, you know, the, the vague sensation that your mother was frightened before you were born by Heathkit? Huh? Uh, dun, dun, dun. Bring it up there, please. <laughs> uh, say, you know, why, 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 after all, it's Monday. What do you expect? Huh? Huh? Oh, you like
like the idea of the mafiosi there, concre- you know, figuring out the concrete densities, figuring how long it takes to, you know, to uh, dry, to, to fully coagulate a concrete overcoat as opposed to just concrete overshoes. money for that too. This is WOR New York speaking of money. Stay tuned for In Conversation.